Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is the man who everyone cannot wait to hear his takes on, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? I was wondering, do you have to say the .com when you say a website? Um... Like, yeah, is it just, is it just I don't even think people, or is it dot com? Like, do I don't think people even register it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, we got rid of saying www, which, like, thank God we got rid of saying that, right? But like, when someone says, "Oh yeah, just go to like Amazon.com," no one says that, right? Because it's a popular website. Or go to Google. So you might be onto something there. But you know, if it's yeah, like one like of those uh, ads, like, "Oh, go to Indochino.com," I don't feel like we need the dot com. Like, I think everyone knows that it's dot com, don't they? Yeah, you might be I right. I think like the only time you should have to say it is if it's like .co.uk or like something different. Or like well, .com is just the standard. It could be simply like maybe hashtag basketball is a magazine. I don't know. Maybe we're maybe maybe people don't know, but they're listening to this podcast. I think, but then you- they would just Google hashtag basketball and it take them right to the site. So I think you're on. You I, th- I think you're right. You, you would at least know something about hashtag basketball. I think Let me do a plug for hashtag basketball then. Go out to hashtag basketball. Don't worry about the, the this part that comes after that in the URL because you can just Google it because no one no one really types URLs anymore. And go check out all the free fantasy basketball tools, the free projections from Mark Roberts, who we had on our show not that long ago, and I suggest everybody go listen to that podcast. And just, you know, the, the drafts are coming up. There's plenty of tools out there. There's free projections, free rankings. And so go check out hashtag basketball. The schedule thing, um, which has been Joey's, I think maybe first tool and main tool for a long time is, it's just amazing. That schedule tool that he does every year is just, it's that's the first thing I've ever seen on hashtag. User basketball. interfaces. Yeah. That was the first thing I started using there too. A handful of years ago. And it's so useful, and it the, the user interface is, is really good. So it's just like it's very intuitive to use. Uh, graphically, it's just very um, it's just very useful. Uh, you get you get what you need out of it very quickly. I'm 100 percent behind that. So we've been we've been doing some team previews here. If you've made it this far, uh, you've made it through a lot of trash teams, some pretty good teams, and some um, fairly interesting teams. And we're we're on the home stretch. So uh, let's let's get right into. Our first team tonight. Another yeah, that, dumpster fire. Yeah, another dumpster fire, but at least an inner, like an entertaining. Like there's someone threw glitter in this in the dumpster fire, and, and the kids, the kids will enjoy that. Um, this this team made some interesting moves last season, and and brought on brought on a few people um, that maybe um, a sane person or a well run organization. Uh, would know better. I, I actually can um, relate to a poorly run organization bringing one of the players in. Uh, this team is the New, or- New Orleans Pelicans. Um, <clears throat> so, Tyler, let me ask you the question I always ask. What's the most interesting thing for the fantasy season next year with the New Orleans Pelicans? I mean, I think it's is does Rondo wreck it all? Does Rondo just steal the ball and take it and – Bogart it and do his terrible shooting and get his 50 assists, but make the team stink. Yeah. I mean, we, we went on a, I don't know if it was in the, uh, the Chicago episode or if it was last episode, but we, uh, when we talked about Jeff Teague and how we're kind of up on Jeff Teague, even though everybody else is out on Jeff Teague. Um, we talked about one of the, the key fantasy players on the, uh, on the Pelicans and that's Drew Holiday. And um, I'm more interested in Drew Holiday's, Drew Holiday being affected by Rajon Rondo versus whether Rajon Rondo is going to be draftable. I think we know who Rajon Rondo is. I think we know who Anthony Davis is. I think we know who Demarcus Cousins is. But Drew Holiday has been, you know, in and out of lineups for uh, personal reasons, injury reasons, all in- incredibly valid. Um, and I, I think bringing Rondo into a situation where Rondo has to be the primary ball carrier, as we saw in Chicago, is going to hurt Drew Holiday. Okay, are you getting in the football mic? Uh, what do you mean? Ball, you said ball carrier like it was football. Ball carrier. You know, I am getting into football. <laughs> I didn't even it, – it's not even comprehending in my brain. Uh, I, I don't watch – I don't really watch the NFL anymore. I used to, but as a, as a Bears fan, there is no need to watch the NFL. 
but um, I have been getting into betting on the NFL, which is um, good, wholesome fun. <laughs> All right. So anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Rondo is what he is. He's going to be Rondo. He's going to shoot those bad percentages and no threes and give you a boatload of assists. And I think it takes the ball out of Drew Holiday's hands enough where it, it we see a drop in Drew Holiday's value. Um, I talked about this a little bit last episode that Drew Holiday is a guy who just scares me this year. Um, sure, he was healthy last year, but those stress reactions in his legs could come back at any point. Um, so you add that with maybe he's got the ball in his hands less. They all keep saying he's going to be a shooting guard, which I don't think is his best position. I think he's best with the ball in his hands. Plus you got Cousins and Anthony Davis who are both going to want the ball. I'm just a little down on Drew Holiday this year. Yeah, I th- I think you saw Drew Holiday when uh, last year playing with um... – both Anthony Davis and Cousins uh, during the later half of the season. Uh, he, he, he did play fairly well, but he never really got back to that um, incredibly interesting type of fantasy player he, he once was. And a lot of people didn't know if that was rust or if um, it was just the way he looked with that team. Uh, but he's he's had a, a couple seasons – with with this team though not playing too many games where you know he's he's closing in on eight assists and closing closing in on you know 15 points and a steal and a half and his real value comes from that steal and a half and the and the high assists and if you take those assists away because rondo's the primary ball handler i'm gonna say it again and you give a few more possessions to Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. By the way, DeMarcus Cousins on a contract year. DeMarcus definitely be one of those players where that actually matters, I'm pretty sure. And a good ball handler for big man. Oh, yeah, great. Absolutely great. Um, I think you could see a little bit of a, a drop-off of Drew Holiday. Um, not, not, not significant, right? But enough where his production – um, might start looking like he's out of the uh, he might fall out of the top 50. Uh, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I think that's definitely a possibility. Um, I said this yesterday that I think I'd rather have Jeff Teague than him, and I'm still on board with that. Um, he's not in my top 50, he's not, he's just outside of it. Um, there's just some guys there I think I want a little bit more, a little bit sexier names, and I mean, maybe that's just me, but. I think he makes my top fifty if I if I didn't focus on getting a a point guard up until you know uh, later in the draft, and I want to make sure I get one of those last good good point guards before the drop off. But okay, but I, I think in most drafts uh, you gotta make sure you snag a point guard I'll, in the first you on, because you sh- they should be available for you no matter where you where you pick. I'll challenge you on, on that because I mean I think there's just a lot of top good point guards like right around this range. Okay, so. Schroeder or Drew Holiday? Oof. Um, Dennis Schroeder because he's the only guy on that team doing anything. Ricky Rubio or Drew Holiday? Ricky Rubio. I like uh, Ricky Rubio. Mike he's Conley, great. Drew Holiday. Mike Conley. Uh, let's see here. You got D'Angelo Russell or Drew Holiday? Hmm. I'd probably go Drew Holiday. I do, I, I, I'm talking about Drew Holiday's probable finish, but I like I like the fact that Drew Holiday does have a little bit higher ceiling. Uh, I don't know what D'Angelo Russell's ceiling actually is. It could be phenomenal. I, I don't think it's going to be uh, because we, we really haven't seen D'Angelo Russell do be a fantasy stud. So not, I'll take Drew Holiday. Not a great point guard pick because he's not going to get a ton of assists, I don't think. I mean, I think he's going to be in the like four, four and a half, maybe five range. How about Goran Dragic? I like I like Dragic. Um, yeah, I think if I'd you have all those guys ahead of him. I'd probably take Drew Holiday. But if, if I – Drew Holiday, that's like right on top 50 fringe, I think, because Dragic is probably right in there, right about yeah. top 50. So, so like the, uh, I think there's a significant fall-off after that because then you're legitimately looking at guys like Alfred Payton, who can be, might be good but has some flaws in his game. Um, you're looking at uh, Jeremy Lin, who actually might might be sneaking his way up into uh, the range of Gordon Dragic and, and all those guys depending on 
what that rotation looks like. And, but you and, also and then, have, and then I'm, looking, I'm looking for another point guard, and I, I'm, I'm, where are they? They're all gone. By so many point guards off the board at that point. You have, what, like 12, 14 point guards off the board at that point? Yes. So, I mean, like, like you're not, missing, and that's why I think Holiday's value or draft value is in the top 50, but his overall on the season value could drop off. Yeah, I'm with you there. Let's talk about um, the rest of this team, and let's start. Let's go right to the top. The one, the only, the man-child himself, the unibrow, Anthony Davis. Um, I love AD. I know who uh, owners of AD probably have an incredible uh, love-hate relationship with Anthony Davis, simply because it seems like uh, every two to three weeks – he twists an ankle or looks like he's hurt and he leaves the game and everybody freaks out on Twitter for like three or four minutes. And then he comes back from the locker room and everybody's you know, Oh, never mind, Anthony Davis is fine. Don't worry about it. But you know, you, you legitimately hear Anthony Davis is out for the season, you know, at least 12 to 15 times during, during the regular season. Yeah. I mean, that, that kind of was the reason I have Anthony Davis seventh, I think is just, Ah oh, man, you hate those games where it's like, and it's always like some weird injury, right? Like he'll play for a little bit and like he'll trip over his own two feet and hurt his nose, or he'll, I don't know, the one time he got knocked in the eye or something and he went back to the locker room, and never came back. Like unless he like scratch his cornea or something, like I don't understand how you get hit in the eye and you're not like get poked in the eye and you're not fine in like a couple minutes. Yeah, um, it's 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 a little puzzling, but. I'm I'm sorry. He's this guy could be the number one overall player every year for the last three years, right? Um, he's I think he legit. Other than that Steph Curry year, he is legitimately that. If you look at his um, totals, even in the two years ago, when he only played 68 games, he was the fourth ranked player in the league. Last year he played 75 games. He was the sixth ranked player in the league. Well, see in in, in head to head. They're losing the week that he sits out because his toenail breaks. Oh, sure, but you're winning every single other week because he's on your team. You're dominating in blocks and rebounds. He's a great on both of the percentages by quite a bit for a center. Um, He scores in massive bunches, even with the addition of DeMarcus Cousins. And he threw in a half a three last year and the year before that. I don't know where that goes. If it still sticks around a half a three, great. Per game, his per game value is 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 basically out of this world, and his per game value is the best center in fantasy. Oh, I'm I'm with you there. I just think that I want the safety. I mean, like I I've been saying this for a while, right? That the, the top eight is all so close, and I could see them all being first or eighth. Um, I just have him seventh because I feel a little bit safer about Kevin Durant, about Giannis, about Collinsley Towns, about Westbrook, about Curry, about Harden, um, in the sense that I feel safer about them playing pretty much every game. And I feel safer in the sense that I I just know what I'm going to get there. I'm just afraid that one of these years Anthony Davis has the year where something actually gets injured on him. And, and he's out for a while. And, and, and there's nothing, nothing but um... – Good karma. I'd like to see after a statement like that to Anthony Davis because the the NBA is better with Anthony Davis. He's a Chicago product, and um, I want to see him healthy. I want to see him to be the. I I I am desperate to see him be the best fancy player one season. That's it. I, I mean, I don't do think it. I don't think it's out of the question to say it. Like if you told me Anthony Davis finishes first in fantasy this year, I would probably go. Oh well, yeah, I'm not surprised. I'd be, I mean, I'd be excited because that means the NBA was really good that year for him too. And so he, he's just an incredible player to watch. Um, I am a little bit on board with you. We Like we said, the tops, you know, top eight, top seven probably um, are a, a bit interchangeable. So if you really love AD, take him with your first pick, right? But That's a Kawhi Leonard hater. You heard it here first. That's not true. I think you can make an argument in head-to-head that Kawhi um, drops – out of the running of someone you would take first overall. But in, in Roto, you can still make that argument. In fact, in Roto, you could make the argument that you probably should not take 
Harden or Westbrook in a nine cat roto league. And and the the the, the statement for Kawhi and I, I maybe said this in the Spurs preview. I don't know. It was a long time ago. It seems like we did that one. Um, the statement for Kawhi going number one is that he pushes closer to twenty five points a game. If he can do that, he's right up there with the rest of them. And I think they're going to need more Kawhi this year with Ginobili a year older and Tony Parker probably not playing till at least the new year. Uh, they're going to need a little bit more Kawhi, and if he can get up to 25 a game, I mean, he's right up there with the rest of them. Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, I'm not going to take AD over first overall. I said, um, I think last episode, that uh, Kevin Durant is my number one overall pick for any league, um, unless you play with a bunch of dumb categories that nobody cares about. Even in the quad doubles league? Yes, even in the quad doubles league, because no one's getting a quad double this year, you idiots. Stop playing with that category. That's my only category. It's my new league. Yeah, that sounds like a great league. (laughs) Um, Like I said, Lonzo Ball is the first overall pick in the league. Um, So, yeah, Anthony Davis does, uh, in a head-to-head league, fall to the bottom of my top eight. But in 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 a roto league, I'm willing to take him at three, two, one. I, you you can make that argument. I'm just not, I'm not taking him at one, uh, and and that's the the con- the concern is that injury, um, history that he has of of, of kind of just being uh, inconsistently on the on the court. I'm just I mean the thing that bothers me is just the weird injuries, like the the little bumps and bruises thing. Uh, see see that doesn't bother me so much because, I it's not a recurring injury. But see, like you know, it's gonna happen. Like, there's with some of these other guys, you can go like, okay, he's gonna play eighty games. He's gonna play seventy five games. With Anthony Davis, like you know, he's gonna play like seventy games because it's just gonna be some weird little yeah, thing. But that in this day and age, a lot less people are playing eighty games. So, well, I'm with so, you. It's a little less volatile there. Um, let's talk about the other big man on this on this uh, team. Um, first someone, round pick. That's someone. All that's, that's all I want to know. Is he a first round pick? Someone that I truly, truly love. Um, one of my favorite fancy basketball players, uh, Demarcus Cousins, and I will state that in a twelve-team league, he should be taken in the first round. I could I'm not fit him into my top actually two. in a, in a head-to-head. I think that, like, on that turn, whether you say he's first or you say he's second, I think he's great in a head-to-head league to have right there a first, second round, whatever you want to – I mean, basically both of you guys are the same, right? They're both first-round-ish in a 10-team. If you take him and John Wall and the turn, I'm loving that team. Absolutely. And uh, here coming up next week, as we approach the preseason, we will be doing some uh, some team-building exercises. And uh, to me, I, I know exactly what I'm going to do if I'm at the bottom – half or bottom, you know, three of the first round, depending on how, what size of league we talk about. I'm 100%. There's a hundred percent chance I'm getting DeMarcus Cousins. I'm, I, I, I'm not going to take him over Jokic. Oh, big mistake, Mike. I, I think, I, I think you can, right? I think there's an argument for that. Uh, but in a roto league, I'm not taking him over Jokic. In now, see, league, now I'm, now you're, now I'm interested. In a roto league, he slips. Just because if you're counting turnovers, the turnovers for Anthony Davis – or I'm sorry, not Anthony Davis. DeMarcus Cousins are always pretty high. Yeah, he loves turning the ball over. And so I could see the case for Jokic in a nine-cat Roto League, but in head-to-head, I want Cousins all day over Jokic all day long. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even going to try to argue against that because that, that is a, a correct statement. It's really um, – in, in that second tier, is it's another – up to you kind of moment where, hey, whatever your favorite player is out of these next you know, four or five guys, grab them, do it. And DeMarcus Cousin is one of my favorite players, so I will grab him. Uh, one of the um, one of the things that I, uh, <laughs> I truly uh, love about DeMarcus Cousins is the fact that down the stretch, when he was in New Orleans, he was averaging two three-pointers a game as a center who got 12 rebounds. You can shoot, man. Guy can shoot. He's amazing. He is, he is like super underrated too, in the sense that he kind of hung out there in Sacramento and didn't get the love he deserved because the team never won. But I mean, the dude is just an amazing player. He is. If if he can, um, 
get past some of the uh, the shenanigans that he he pulls in, on, on the court in the locker room, uh, as we've heard some stories coming out of Sacramento's um, lo- locker room after he left. You know, Demarcus Cousins could easily be the best player in this league, and um, you know we saw we saw a similar player um, who did not have this immense talent, but still had had a similar kind of a come up in the league and and that guy was Zach Randolph and Zach Randolph. A lot of people said he's uncoachable. Well, Zach Randolph was the most coachable player over the last seven years. Uh, Zach Randolph is a testament to not judging a book by his cover. And I, I have hope for DeMarcus cousins. Uh, DeMarcus is 27 though. Uh, but this is a contract year for him. So, you know, he's going to get his, you know, he's going to be taking more shots than he did last year, this year. Um, and you know, he's going to be shooting more threes. And I just, well, I love DeMarcus I love him. And let's talk about this as far as the rest of the team goes. I mean, after those those kind of big four guys they got, who the hell else are they really excited to give minutes to? I mean, they don't have a small forward. They don't have so, a yeah. three. Let's go there. Let's go to the depth chart right now. Uh, we don't we don't have a clue who's going to be playing the three on this team. And they don't really have a good option, right? No, I don't think they do. In fact, the, the what makes a lot of sense – which you know why not try it? You're not gonna win the you're not gonna win a championship this year. Sorry, everyone who's not the Golden State Warriors, but why not just throw Rondo, Drew Holiday, and Etwan Moore out in a weird three guard lineup and just see what happens? So you like Etwan Moore over guys like Ian Clark? Yeah, I do. I like Etwan Moore. I think he's a really solid, um, slightly above average NBA player on both sides of the court. I hate him for fantasy. He just does not produce. Oh, certainly. He's uh, he's not an interesting fantasy player. Um, I, I liked him when he was on the Bulls, and I'd have no idea why we, we let him go and then sign a bunch of guards who couldn't play in the NBA when Eton Moore could definitely play in the NBA and could spread the floor out. Um, I had to take a pot shot at Chicago. It's con- in my contract for this show if I, I have to take one pot shot at Chicago every single episode. So they did sign Donny, Dante Cunningham, who I think they're going to give some of the minutes to. Um, probably significant minutes, at least until Solomon Hill comes back. Once Solomon Hill comes back, I mean, I think he's going to get a lot of those small forward minutes. Honestly, I mean, we can get into it now. If I'm going for someone in a deep league on this team, I mean, God, I, I don't know. I don't really want Ethan Moore. Is it is it Chuck Diallo? Honestly, it's, it's Ian Clark, just because I think he can score a little bit and shoot some threes. Um and Mark's projections in 25 minutes, he's 11 points, 2.3 assists, 2.6 rebounds, almost a steal, 1.4 pointers on some decent percentages. I mean, that's – I think he can get 25 minutes. I don't think anyone's stopping him from getting 25 minutes. And, I mean, those are decent numbers. I don't love him, but in a deep league, I guess I'll, I'll eat him. Yeah, and, and we're talking fairly deep leagues because his upside is not – let's say he plays 32 minutes a game it's his fantasy value that's, is that's a 14 not, team league right 16 team league i mean that's like yeah. a top uh, it's I, not I, I mean i'm t- like looking at him at like 150 160 170 like somewhere in there like it's not not yeah. in a sexy place <laughs> can tony allen still play does he you know he's always a steals streamer in, in a lot of head-to-head leagues i think he's gonna that's, get quite a few minutes on this team and that could be a, a deep league special too right is in the sense that just if you need the steals. Yeah, why not? You can maybe go for them. If you're um, in a deeper league and you're low on steals, just put them on the bench and stream them into your lineup. Yeah. Uh, one guy we failed to talk about, kind of overlooked, we didn't fail to talk about it, what is the late, great Rajon Rondo. I don't, I don't think there's anything to say about Rajon Rondo, to be honest what, what do you mean there's nothing to say? He's trying to say he's not seeing the league value? No, I'm saying I said what I wanted to say about him, that he shoots crappy percentages and no three-pointers, but he's going to get you a ton of assists and no points. So where – You want a ton of assists? Congratulations. Good good on you, man. So where are you drafting him? I th- like, like, like we did originally say, we know who Rajon Rondo is. We know who he is. Well, I, I'm drafting him after all of the point guards I talked about unless I am just in dire need for assists. Yeah, if I, if I crap the bet on, on assists, if I got uh, two point guards – who are low in assists, you know, maybe you picked up Dame Lillard and then you went, uh, you know, someone like Jeff Teague, who we both, we both like their assists are good, but they're not those elite assists like Chris Paul and and John Wall provide. 
Um, so maybe you're a little bit desperate for those assists. You're and you're, you don't want to punt assists. And then all of a sudden, Rondo is is much more value valuable. I talked talked about uh, Ricky Rubio being fourth in the league in assists yesterday. I mean, this is the this is the competition, right? I mean, it's going to be Westbrook, it's going to be Wall, it's going to be Chris Paul as far as point guards go, and then James Harden will probably be up there too. I mean, but if we count him as a shooting guard or, or whatever, I mean, assists or assists when you get him, you get him. It's going to be Rubio and it's going to be Rondo for that next spot, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you if you see Rajon Rondo sitting around in the in the seventh round, are you going to take him? Let's say you have good assists. Not you're not you're not going to you're not going to blow the this league away, but you're going to compete in assists. In in a rotor league, I don't want Rondo. No, not at he, all. He significantly drops those. I actually think you can roster him in a rotor league, but he is your bench player. He is a bench player. Yes. So I mean, let's get that out right away. Now, I'm assuming you're you're saying head to head. In a, yes, in a head-to-head league. In a head-to-head, I mean, he's a, a very much a system fit, right? I mean, like, there are teams where I don't want him, right? If, if the thing I'm punting is assists, do I want Rondo at all? I mean, no, right? Well, of course not. Not even no. as my last pick, that's his right? Only, that's his only skill. Well, no, that's right. not true. He does, he does get steals because he, and, he uh, plays the passing lanes instead of playing defense. And good rebounds for a point guard, but with those other two stealing all the rebounds, is he going to have that many? Um, no, I don't think so. And so that's one of his better skills, right? And that's going to get diminished by the team that he's on, I think. I think so, that's a pretty good point. I mean, God, at like 75, I, I might start looking at him. But Now, if, if I'm in dire need for assists and that's not a category I'm punting, like I might look at him at like 60. Sure. I just always feel like in that range, I'm going to see someone. I'm like, I'd rather have you than, than Rondo. I'd rather he's, have. He's definitely a good guy to pick up if, if he meets your punting strategy. Like, so he fits because you want those steals and assists. You don't care about points um, or, or, or some of the percentages. Then, then when you get him, because he's still hanging around in the seventh round, you, you actually picked up a, a steal there. Yeah, I mean, re- it, Reaching for Rondo makes no sense in any yeah. situation. If you look at Mark's projections and you take turnovers out of the equation, so eight category leagues, he, he ranks 51st. Um, I'll take Mark to task a little bit on the rebounds at six a game. I mean, that seems like a lot for Rondo. Yeah, I think you got to drop that down. Um, but all the other numbers, I mean, could he get 8.8 assists? I, I mean, I think we could see that. I think we could see more than that. Sure. Possibly. And, There's two really great guys to pass to. And so, I mean, other than the the rebounds, I, I think that's a pretty safe projection. So if you cut the rebounds down a little bit, that probably drops into like 60, 65. But, I mean. That's super fair. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not excited. I'm not, I'm probably not going to own Rondo much this year because I think I'll have be fairly solid in assists. And I, I talk about this sometimes is really what I want to have in my fantasy team is guys I want to watch play and guys I want to cheer for and Guys, I think that are going to play well, right? Guys, I can get behind. Rondo's not a guy I get behind, man. I just, I'm not a fan. No, he's like incredibly game, frustrating so. to watch, and even, um, even in Chicago when he was playing his best basketball, uh, you knew he's not a long term situation, and so he's not fun to watch. Well, and he uh, just like kills the offense in the sense that it's like he's just looking to pad his stats like most of the time. It's like it's not yeah. beautiful basketball, which is just, which is fine with fantasy, right? But it's not good for the rest of that team. So I will probably not own Rondo if I'm making a long story short. Sure. So let's uh, let's leave beautiful, lovely New Orleans, that uh, a city that everyone should visit, and go to the jewel of the Midwest, which is not a compliment. The Oklahoma City Thunder, one of the um, more interesting teams when it comes to the NBA, but fancy wise. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. There's a ton of interesting things on this team. So, um, I'll, I'll start with the the same old question. What's the most interesting fantasy uh, thread for the Oklahoma City Thunder this year? Um, I I guess it's Paul George and how the hate's gone a little too far. I think. Ooh, uh, interesting. I mean, if you were living like we said in the Indiana episode, what happened with Paul George moving to the Oklahoma City Thunder? Uh, and Oklahoma losing 
Uh, Victor Oladipo and a Sabonis in that trade. Also, Taj Gibson no longer with the wonderful team. But don't worry, all you Chicago Bulls fans, Doug McDermott is still on this team. Um, yeah, I think, I think this is the, yeah, I only watch for Doug McDermott and his zero assists every game. Um, yeah, this is. I think the the thread in the NBA and the thread in fantasy is like, how how are these two guys going to play with each other? And I made this statement last time. Actually, here I'll I'll restate my statement after I ask you this question. Where are you looking for Paul George? It's, Second it's, round, Mike only league. Okay, so it's Mike only league. Again, so where where, where are you taking him? You got him like I, mid. I, I have an answer. I have an answer to this question, uh, Paul George. I'm taking him in the middle of the second round. Um, out of pure bias reasons, I am not taking him ahead of Jimmy Butler. I'm with you there, and I I think that like a lot of times Paul George falls to like 20, and I mean we're we're splitting hairs here, right? I mean like the difference between 15 and 20 is not a huge amount, but no, I mean I think he's more in that like. 15, 16, 17 range than he is at 20. I mean, I just – I don't see why. I, I made the statement in I think the last episode when we talked about Indiana where it was – I think Paul George is more Kevin Durant than he is Victor Oladipo. He's going to be an alpha personality, and he's going to make Russell Westbrook give him the ball. Yeah, and you saw a, a severe drop-off from Victor Oladipo with Westbrook handling the ball, but Oladipo's, I guess – skill set where, where Oladipo was coming from was kind of being a, a combo guard with a with a with a guard that passed and and Westbrook I don't I'm not fairly sure Westbrook really trusted Oladipo or, or liked Oladipo for that matter uh, because Oladipo's game suffered uh, on the flip side of that Paul George is a guy who can run a team by himself uh, he did that in Indiana for a very long time and so I, I see the same kind of thing. You know, I don't think Russell Westbrook is going to freeze Paul George out uh, by any means. And a, a lot of the people who are saying, oh, you know, Paul George's production is going to take a huge hit. Um, I don't really see that at all. I think Russell Westbrook makes Paul George much better, actually. Uh, I'm with you. I think we could see some better percentages from Paul George, which is sometimes the biggest worry for him. And, I mean, I'm really on Paul George this year. Um not so so much in the sense that I'm I'm looking at him in the end of the first round, but as a nice second round pick, I'll, I'd love that Paul George. Oh, definitely. And like I said, I'm not taking him ahead of Jimmy Butler because um, of Jimmy Butler reasons. I also think Jimmy Butler will be a better all around nine cat player. So, if if Paul George is a middle of the second round type of player for you who um, probably could improve in threes and, and perhaps shooting percentage because teams now have to send their best, uh, their second best defender to Paul George instead of their best defender. Um, where do you have Russell Westbrook? Are we going to see another triple-double season? No, I, I don't think we are. I think that was a historically great season, and I think Russell Westbrook needed to get that one out of the system, but I think that things are going to go back to more Kevin Durant levels and, and maybe a little bit better. Uh, for Russ, but I think Russ is going to let Paul George do Paul George things, and I think he's going to do Russell Westbrook things. Um, I have Russell Westbrook third. I have I have said a maybe a crazy statement uh, in one of the last episodes that I have Curry first, and I'll stick by that. And I have James Harden second, and Russell Westbrook third. So, yeah, the, I mean those rankings make sense. Uh, they really do in a head-to-head league. Um, a lot of people, I think, are. Well, as as far out as you can be about Russell Westbrook, which means he's still a first-round player, he's still a first-round pick, I think there's quite a few people who think Russell Westbrook's, um, you know, he's not even going to come close to a triple-double. And he's still the primary ball handler on this team. He's still going to take a ton of shots. Um, he, he He's going to look a little bit more like he did when he was with Kevin Durant, right? But when he was with Kevin Durant, he was still a top-five, top-six player. Oh, yeah, I mean – I think he probably gets more like 25 points. I mean, maybe 26. Um, probably the rebounds drop to the eight, eight and a half, nine level. Um, probably the assists drop to 10, maybe a little bit below. Um, the steals are probably down to what they were. I mean, I don't see him getting two steals like he got there with uh, 
Kevin Durant. I think they're probably more like they were last year, 1.6, 1.7. The field goal percentage will be interesting in the sense that, I mean, he shot that 45% one year. I think he's probably more, even a little bit better than last year, probably like 43. I mean, I I love it, but it's just like there's those little chinks in the armor that I don't think keeps him up there at number one. Yeah, and I'm going to go – I'll agree with that when it comes to making him the number one overall pick, but if you want to make him the number one overall pick, uh, especially in a head-to-head league – when turnovers don't matter or eight cat league, you know, then then do it because he's going to shoot a high volume of free throws and, that, and that's going to be really good. He's going to literally do everything else incredibly well, other than have a high field goal percentage. And, and that's great. And it's super weird, right? That like all three of the top players have a, a secondary wingman that's going to be like right there, you know, in the top, in the second round, at least value it. You got Harden with, Paul and Curry with Duran and Westbrook with <laughs> Paul George. It's just weird. It's, it's how the I NBA did, is going that way. I know it's very strange. And I, you know, I'd much rather have Chris Paul over uh, someone like Paul George um, because I just think Chris Paul and the D'Antoni system is going to be so, so good. But uh, a lot of people were complaining like, oh, Westbrook was chasing rebounds. All right. Well, he was chasing like three, three and a half rebounds a game. If you take three and a half rebounds away from him, he's still averaging over seven rebounds a game. His last three seasons, 7.3, 7.8, 10.7. You got to think he's somewhere I mean, over seven. I mean, yeah. I, and he's going to take a lot more threes um, as he did last year because that's just the way the league's going. So I think we've um, we've settled that we both still, like Russell Westbrook, do not shy away from him in the first round, even high in the first round, especially in a head-to-head league. Let's talk about, really, is there anyone else to talk about on this team? I mean... Steven Adams is going to be his standard league value, but I think we know what Steven Adams is. Um, good rebounds, double-double guy, a lot of nights, good yeah, field goal percentage. There was a lot of hype around uh, Steven Adams there at the, I think, the beginning of the season. He was playing uh, heavier minutes, and he was uh, a one-and-one type of guy. In fact, I think his steals were, uh, um, like, strangely high during the first half of the season, and they kind of tailed back off to the um, – to the mean later in uh, later in the season where he still averaged a one and one uh, eight rebounds and 11 points. He's really a good uh, utility center to, to bring in. He's going to give you very consistent nights. Um, and almost the exact opposite is Enos Cantor, who I like a little bit less uh, because he doesn't give you the counting stats, but on a per minute basis, which I, I do not see Enos Cantor's minutes going up uh, at, at all for any reason. Right. Uh, he still comes in in 20-some minutes and gives you 15 points and six rebounds with a half a steal and a half a block and a good percentage. And that's that's valuable at the uh, at the tail end of your draft or as, as, as someone you could stream if you're, if you're a little weak in those categories. 14 points a game at the end of a draft is nothing to uh, scoff about. Oh, and I love Enos Cantor. Um, just big rebounds, big points. You got to love that. Um, I think Steven Adams sometimes gets underrated uh, and then sometimes he's overvalued. It all just depends on the year. Um, yeah. I think people will look at what he ranked last year, I would say, and uh, draft him a little bit higher than than you would think. I think he, he ended up being the 88th player in eight cat leagues. It looks like if I'm looking at these statistics, right? And um, I can see him going in a very similar spot. And he should probably have a very similar season. Small Stephen Adams, uh, who would you rather here? Sure. Um, no one's no Al Stephen Adams. Oh, that is a that is an excellent question. Um, I bring the hard hitting question. Very, I was very ready to tell you that I would take easily take Clint Capella over Steven Adams, who I, I like Noel's ceiling more, so I'm taking Noel. Because you. you're looking for ceilings late late in the draft, not consistently solid players. So if you've got a guy with a ceiling like Noel, because if, if Noel kind of doesn't perform as well as we think he will, he'll still put up Steven Adams' 
esque numbers, uh, other than the scoring, obviously. Uh, Gortat. Even, even the score isn't that great. Uh, I'm out on Gortat. That guy's terrible. Uh, Do not Gomez draft Marcin Gortat. Everyone, attention, everyone. Do not draft Marcin Gortat. Are you getting on the Hernan Gomez hype train for the Knicks over Stephen Adams? I'm not. No, I'm I, not. Joakim Noah's going to play minutes. Oh my! We talked about that in the next one. That I, I'm out on that, and a lot of guys are hyping him up pretty yeah. hard. And I am super, super out on that. I got one for you, Jonas Valachunas or Stephen Adams. Now, see, here's the craziness of, of Jonas Valachunas. Okay, have we done Even, Toronto? Have we done Toronto yet? I think we. I think we did. Yeah, we did. Even in the crapness of Jonas Valanciunas's minutes, which never go up, and everyone always thinks they should. Yeah, he always seems to be a little bit better ranked than Stephen Adams, doesn't he? They always, uh, he does seem to be always hovering around that, around the around that bottom eighty ninety range. Every every year, but um, with with the occasional weeks where you know Jonas like bumps up to like, you know the fifty range, and everybody gets real excited about it, and then smart owners trade him away. Um, but you know, Jonas played eighty games last year, and on totals. He was he was in the top sixty, which is um, surprising to me because I, I I do not remember that. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Jonas is good at what Jonas does, and that's why everyone always wants Jonas to get more minutes. I mean, Jonas is a huge rebounder. Jonas is can block a shot. Jonas shoots some decent percentages. It's just Jonas doesn't get the minutes, and Jonas is never going to get the minutes in that situation. But I still think he's better than Stephen Adams, just barely. Yeah, you're one hundred percent right. He's not he's not gonna get the minutes. On, on totals, you know, Adams and Jonas are both guys who get drafted a little later, but when if they play, which you, you never know, but if they play eighty games, which they apparently both did last year, uh, you know, both top uh, top sixty, top sixty five players. Just out of I'm just excited for the deep league special. Are we ready for the deep league special? Can't be ready for the deep league special because there's nothing left on this team. Andre Roberson, man. Ooh, are you, are you interested in Andre Roberson? Because uh, I, for one, am not. The, now, Andre Roberson has the outside shot at a triple one, okay, which is the, the points. This is the block, the steal, and the three. Now, if you look at Mark's projections, 29 and a half minutes, 1.1 steals, 0.9 blocks, 0.9 threes. I mean, that, that could be very valuable in a deep league to get a steal and a block out of a guy who you can play on the wing. And so- I, Go ahead. I, I, I like where you're going with this. So we do champion one-in-one one guys. Uh, Roberson has the potential to play 30-plus minutes a game and be a one-in-one one guy, uh, similar to a guy we both like, uh, Mr. Mo Harkless. Now, Mo Harkless can can score, not score as much as uh, uh, as some players, right, but score enough to, be in, to average double digits. I'm not sure Andre Roberson – is is a good enough player to average ten points a game in thirty minutes? I don't think he is. I think he's like closer to seven than he is to ten. But that's pretty bad. But in a deep league, right? You, you're eventually okay. So the cross the board contributors get going at some point, and then you're looking for categories, right? We talk a lot of times about like guys like Marcus Morris being a deep league special, where he's going to give you points and threes. And this is the this is the turnaround where okay, now I need steals and blocks help. This is the guy I go for. Um, and yeah. once you get in those deep leagues, like you're only going to get two, maybe three categories. And Robertson's going to give you five rebounds, which in a deep league, five rebounds can be can matter, man. I mean, like Daryl Gallinari gets you five rebounds. Yeah, those, those those counting stats really do sneak up on people. And if you're in a bigger league, there is value with Robertson because because of the minutes played. You're 100 percent right. He's, he's my deep league special for this team, for sure. I like it. That, that's a good one. Um, let's move on to a team that you know the most. I'm going to try to make sure you don't wax on about the jewel of Central California. Um, the Sacramento Kings. Is it weird to say that I'm somewhat excited about this team? No, because uh, the, the, it's the first time, I think, in a long time that anyone who – sort of semi likes the Sacramento Kings or follows the Sacramento Kings or briefly had a love affair with the Sacramento Kings back in the J. Will, Mike Bibby, Chris Weber, Peja Stojakovic days, like a certain little boy from Chicago who um, the, when the Bulls were really, really, really terrible. Um, so 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not mad at you for being excited about the Kings. I mean, they they just have an interesting uh, kind of collection of, of players this year, and uh, for the first time in a while, they look like they're going in the right direction, which is not something you can always say about Sacramento. Yeah, I, I think that's super fair. They there's a ton of turnover on this uh, on this team, and so let me just give you the the quick rundown. I, I think some of these moves actually hurt the fantasy value of some of these players. The late moves, like the addition of Vince Carter and Zach Randolph. But they ended up signing George Hill as well. As well. Um, they got the fifth overall pick with uh, De'Aaron Fox. Justin Jackson is also on this team, and they ended up getting uh, the uh, secretly um, could be a great pick, could be the worst pick uh, ever due to his injury history, uh, Harry Giles on this team. And um, I guess let's not forget Bogdan Bogdanovich, who, um, who, who came over along, who is finally coming over. Uh, on this team. And then they lost um, your favorite player, Aaron Aflalo, Darren Collison, the um, second running of Tyreek Evans in Sacramento, and um, Rudy Gay, Ty Lawson, Ben McLemore. This is a ton of uh, of turnover. So so what's the most interesting thing to you in Sacramento this year? Um, there was one team that I think Mark messed up in his projections. It's the Sacramento Kings. And you, and you would know since you are um, – semi-obsessed with the Sacramento Kings. Oh, here's the deal with this team. Um, They're going to play George Hill about 30 minutes. They're going to play Willie Cauley-Stein probably 29 or 30 minutes. They're going to play Buddy Heald probably pretty close to 30 minutes. Then it gets to be a little bit crazy on who's going to get the minutes. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich, I think, is going to be pretty much their starting small forward and get somewhere between 27 and 30 minutes a game. They have a ton of depth and a ton of guys they want to get minutes. They got Vince Carter. They got Coach Kufis, Garrett Temple, Zach Randolph, like all these names. And so the preseason is going to be important for this team. Um, in a standard fantasy league, there's only really two guys I'm looking at. Well, three. I should say there's three guys I'm looking at. George Hill, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Willie Cauley-Stein are the only three guys I'm even interested in on this wow. team. Standard fantasy league. Um, I think there's there is a lot of um, hype around De'Aaron Fox out there in the in in the world, and I, I think even oh you know let's uh, go do my scientific research on Yahoo um, Basketball.com to see where De'Aaron Fox is getting drafted right now. But you know De'Aaron Fox is a, a high high named rookie, and you know when people hear a high named rookie, they want to draft that dude. He's going 135th. And I think that is um, incredibly short-sighted for anyone who pays attention to basketball because they did not sign and pay George Hill a bunch of money for nothing. And especially early in the season, he's just not going to get minutes. He, he's just not. He's going to be George Hill's backup. And later on in the season, I can see those two sharing the court some and him getting more minutes. But he can't shoot, which is a problem. Um. He's not going to be uh, good in blocks. He's not going to be in good in rebounds. He's not going to score a ton of points. Like, add it all up, and why are you taking this guy in the standard league? Sis? I, I mean, are they going to get there in 20-some minutes a game? No. If, he gets to, if he uh, Maybe on, for the season he could have 20-some minutes a game, right? Maybe. Maybe. No He's idea. In, in December or January, he might be a guy I pick up. Because he's finally starting to get some minutes and get yeah, you can start but... seeing him him go up. But I'm not wasting a draft pick on him. Oh, me neither. Um, I, I'm also not wasting one on Buddy Heald. I don't think. Interesting. I mean, so, so why do you think Buddy Heald is out of the, your your standard league um, relevancy? Well, what is Buddy Heald going to do that's worthwhile in fantasy? Well, I mean, he, he he did look fairly decent down the stretch when he was playing and and had a plenty of opportunity. In but Sacramento la- la- last year, he, he was scoring. He was hitting some threes. That's it, though. And so I think maybe he ends up ranked in a standard league, and, and maybe if I need those two categories, I go after him. But I don't really want to pick him because I don't think there's going to be any blocks or steals. To speak yeah. Of. yeah, I think when you when you look at him, uh, what he was doing, the four rebounds is a little bit interesting to me, but like, how is he not just an incredibly poor man's Bradley Beal? He's even crapper though than that. Like, like a trash dumpster Bradley Beal. No blocks. I mean, like, 
I need to get a better um, comparison because Bradley Beal actually stepped his game up and is now incredibly relevant. So, like, I need to find a crappier Bradley Beal to compare, but he did too. Here's who he is. He's the crap man's Eric Gordon, isn't he? Yeah, that's a much better way of saying it. I I think that he's a little bit better at the canning test than than Eric Gordon is, but he doesn't do anything elite like Aaron Gordon's 3D three-pointers game. Yeah, but is he though? I mean, Aaron Gordon at least is going to get you like 0.3, 0.4 blocks. He's going to get you 0.7 steals, which Buddy Heald could be like 0.5. Gordon's going to get you two and a half assists. Like, I don't see any way I want Eric Gordon behind Buddy Heald. I just don't. I think that's um, I think that's fair because um, Eric Gordon's going to get plenty of opportunity to be wide open on a, in a D'Antoni offense with Chris Paul and James Harden, and Buddy Heald is going to be on the Sacramento Kings where he's going to be expected to be the man, I guess. I, I don't know. Is he either marquee player? And um, there's plenty of minutes for Buddy Heald, so I can see if you're in a 12-team league and you see him laying around um, in, in, your, in your final round, you you just go, and you know what? I like Buddy Heald. I'm going to take him. But I, I guess. Not. Enjoy, enjoy him, I guess. Enjoy your points and three-pointers and not much else. Um, I will, he's being drafted at 120 on Yahoo. If Willie Colley Stein gets 30 minutes, he's the guy I'm interested in in a standard league. And and I want you to click your Yahoo fingers and, and let me know where he's being drafted, and I'll, I'll wax lyrical about why I like him. Um, I, I like the potential in 30 minutes for a steal and a block, which is sexy. Uh, for a center, it's not the world's worst field or free throw percentage. It's going to be like 67%, um, which isn't great, but it's not horrendous. He's going to shoot good from the field. Uh, he's going to give you some good rebounds. I could see like seven and seven and a half rebounds. Um, not a ton of points, probably like 10, 11, maybe 12 if you're lucky. Uh, but I think that in late in a draft, that's a good value right there, right? That's a lot of decent categories. Yeah, I think we just got done talking about a bunch of centers. Would you rather have Willie Clay Stein or Jonas Valachunas? I mean, I'd rather have Valanchunas there just because I know Valanchunas is going to give me those big rebounds, even if he only plays like 25 minutes a game. And he's going to get you the block. So I think I'd rather be – I feel safer about having Jonas Valanciunas. Um, I think that's fair. Would, I, would you rather have him or Steven Adams? Willie Colleystein or Steven Adams? Steven Adams. I, I think the, I think the, the question is the Enos Cantor one. I think we're really more in that range with Willie Colleystein probably. And uh, I, I think I might be a little bit more in on Willie Colleystein than you are because I, I think I would take him around that Steven Adams range just for the upside, right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely some upside there, and Gortat might be the question. Would you rather have Gortat or, or Willie Colleystein? I think I might. No, I'm out on Gortat. Gortat is terrible. Uh, Gortat is not going to play a ton of minutes. Gortat his body is is falling apart. Um, you know what? Gortat was one of my favorite sneaky, always good fancy players, and everyone finally realized that he was a, a consistently good volume guy. A couple, a season ago, maybe, and or or two. Maybe two seasons ago, and then Gortat fell off, which is great because I got the value out of him, and now he's uh, benefiting me even more by people drafting him way too high in drafts and wasting a good pick. Here's a guy uh, that uh, I think's getting some pub that I might would rather have Willie Colley Stein over Marquise Chris. Ooh, really? Yeah. Well, we we are going to get to Marquise Chris. Here and, and, here's, and here's why, well, right? I think Willie Colley Stein can give you the steal and the block that Chris can give you. Now, if you need three pointers, okay, yeah, I can see going Marquise Chris. But I think Willie Colley Stein shoots better percentages, gives you the same good stats and a ton of rebounds. Yeah, okay, Marquise Chris might give you more points at threes, but everywhere else, doesn't Willie Colley Stein look a little bit better? Yes, I I, I think so. I like his um, I like Willie Colley Stein's fantasy game, and he is currently on Yahoo going. At ninety third, which I think is is a little under where I'm gonna is, is under where I'm gonna take him by about a round. I, I'm that high on Willie Colley Stein. I think you're a little bit lower on Willie Colley Stein than me. I think I'm about it. And I thought you were the Sacramento Kings guy. I don't think I'm about there. I mean, a guy who could be twelve and twelve and eight. Ninety third was was fair play. It was fair play to me. I, I was hoping he'd be a little bit lower just because he was on the Kings, but I think um, people are on yeah, him. Um, I, another guy on this team who I think people are down on, or at least down on uh, for unknown reasons, is George Hill. 
George Hill's the guy getting crapped on, and I don't understand it. Cause I, I think it's the whole we think De'Aaron Fox is going to play over him. Which is George Hill the most underrated player in the NBA? Like I would bet the the average fan does not even know George Hill. Okay, so I looked at those ESPN and Sports Illustrated both just released their top 100 players. Uh, George Hill was 63rd in Sports Illustrated and 49th in ESPNs. Wow. And I bet you the the average player in the or the average fan in the league doesn't even know who George Hill is really. I'm surprised he was ranked that high. Um, yeah, because I, I was expecting a lot of people to just kind of toss him out. Um, and George Hill, with you know 30 some minutes a game, is a is a very solid um, scoring, shooting, good percentage, a steal a game. I would not be incredible. He's definitely not a top half draftable guy, but he's he's a bottom half draftable guy. And I would not be surprised if he led this team in points this year. Ooh, that's no, that's a hot take. Points per game. I George Hill's always good for an injury, it seems. Um, so he might not lead in total points, but in points per game, I could definitely see him leading the team. So we just got we just got done talking about someone who is very very similar to uh, to George Hill. I've already forgot who it is, but let's go. I, I want to go look at that that where those point guards are are going right. So he's not. George Hill is not really a true point guard, and he's not going to get a ton of assists. But we talk about that hard fall-off after um, Alfred Payton, D'Angelo Russell, Drew Holiday were, were kind of pushing down in the rankings, right? So would you rather have Jeremy Lin or, or George Hill? I think I'd rather have Jeremy Lin. It's a tough one. I think that's right around where we're talking about because we were talking about Rondo in that kind of same space, right? But I would much rather have George Hill than Rajon Rondo. Oh, 100%. I'm on with that. Yeah, by a lot. Um, I, I, I think Jeremy Lin, right, is, is, it has a sneaky, sneakily higher ceiling than George Hill. I think we know who George Hill can be. Um, and, and we know that I think Jeremy Lin has shown that his ceiling is higher than George Hill's. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely in on on Jeremy Lin this year, but look at where George Hill's going in drafts. Yeah, let's uh, let's find out. Dun, 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 dun. George Hill is the 78th pick in Yahoo. I mean, seems fair, but and, and it must. It, I think I was on ESPN that he's ranked way low. Yeah, I think it, what he's ranked has been low across the board and a little too low for, for, for what I think he can produce in Sacramento being basically like, he's the star of this team technically. Yeah. I mean, here, here's kind of where, if you want a, a breakdown of what I think happens, he probably gives you four rebounds, uh, probably four to four and a half assists, a steal. I wouldn't be surprised if he scored 16, 17 points, um, probably 0.2 blocks. Uh, probably pretty close to two three pointers. Uh, he's a good, really good three point shooter. Forty percent the last two years from three. Um, good percentages on both. I mean, I just really like George Hill. I think that he's criminally underrated. From time yeah, to time. Not, not a, you're not trying to throw him into the sixth round or anything like that. But um, I think he. I agree with you. He's being underrated. So I want you to tell me about your third standard league value player. Why? Why is a player that I, I would assume a lot of people have never even heard of, or will sma- mistake him for his brother, who is not actually his brother, Bogdan Bogdanovich? Why, why do you like him so much? They are not related, people. Um, they are from two completely different countries. They are not brothers, cousins, aunts, uncles, stepbrothers. <laughs> they, they they do have the same last name, but they are not related. Um, so here's kind of why I think he's a sneaky late pick. Name a wing. Name a small forward they have on this team. Oof, um, Bogdan Bogdanovich. I they mean, don't have another guy. Is is I think that, that the, is Carter still a three? Or is he still, is he a two? No, not really. He's too slow. I mean, I think he's gonna get minutes there, but he just can't guard the. Could, could you, you see Justin, Carter, Justin Jackson, the rookie, can't play him. In. Can't not gotta get a minute. Gotta play for the G, the G League team in, in Reno, I think. Wow, that I is think, that's the hottest take of the night. Is that you think Justin Jackson is going to be in in the G League? I, uh, I disagree. I think but the three guys who get minutes at this position are Bogdanovich, Garrett Temple, 
Oof. maybe some Vince Carter, and then Buddy Heald. Got the three. Because I think I think especially later on in the season they're gonna play Hill and Fox together, and Heald could be out there a little bit at the three. So where where would you take Bogdan in a, in a standard league draft? Pretty, I assume pretty late because I, I I'm, I'm looking at his uh, some of his projected stats, and I know he hasn't played in the NBA or whatever. But um, is there anything he does that's outstanding? Is he uh, a solid across the board guy, or is he an elite one category guy? I think he's going to be a solid across the board guy. I think he's a pretty good three point shooter. I think he's going to get you a steal pretty close. I think it could be like three assists and like four, four and a half rebounds. I think it could be like 12, 13 points. I mean, we, we start adding it up, right? That's that's a last pick that I don't think anyone's going to be on. No, no one's going to be on that. In the, I don't think anybody's going to be on him in a 12-team league. And I that's, mean, a good that's, 12, that's a good 12th-round pick. I mean, and there's some value in that. So. I'm not saying like pick him in the tenth round. I'm saying I, I like him for a last pick with some upside who who should get some minutes and he looks like he's gonna be a decent across the board contributor. Nothing splashy, nothing spectacular, but a nice and in a deep league, which I think he has some real good value in a deep league, like in a fourteen, sixteen team league, you might be able to get this guy with like one of your last pick or two. Yeah, I think and, I, I think you're onto something there, especially in those deep leagues. Uh... This guy's uh, uh, got a target in those late rounds that no one, no one's really going to pay attention to, unless someone mistakes him for the other Bogdanovich. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I like him better than his brother. Wow, not his brother. So I actually have the deep league value of of the Sacramento Kings. I, I am going to take this segment. All right, let's hear it. And my my deep league value is Scal Labassier. I see. I thought you were gonna blow it. One of the because... best. One of the best names in the NBA. Here's here's what you, what the narrative is, right? That Zach Randolph's gonna take his minutes. Zach Randolph can't play more than twenty five minutes a game anymore. He just can't. He's he's old. The legs are shot. He can't guard anyone. He's basically a five now. They really only have one power forward, in my opinion, and it's Scalabasier. Scalabasier. Carter will play some minutes there because Vince Carter's old and slow and he needs to guard someone, and they're the only guys he can guard anymore. Um, I like Labasier for like 28 minutes easy and pushing up the Yeah, let me, the let, me t- let me tell you why I like him. Not just because uh, of what you said, the playing time. The playing time is, so the playing time is there, right? But the reason why I like him in, in fantasy is that when you start looking at his per thirty six, um, he's he, he starts looking like a a a one and one type of of player. And let me let me read you a few uh, stat lines from last year. This is this is my this is my second go to. So I, I look at their thirty six. I see oh you know he's got a chance to get the the counting stats if he played starters minutes. That's that's good to see, right? But then I go, well, what has he actually done? Has he had any flashes? Let me read you two stat lines. 25.6 rebounds, three assists, and two steals in 31 minutes. That was Scalabossier uh, down the stretch last year. And an even more impressive 32 freaking points, a three-pointer, 11 rebounds, and two steals. He, had a, he also had a, a four-block game. The guy's kind of all over the place. He's 21 years old, and if he ever is able to hone all those pieces of talent, right? So we, we could be looking at a Mo Harkless situation where it never comes to fruition, but Mo Harkless, is, he ends up being a uh, a really good nine-cat across the board type of guy who gets you like .7 in, in, in the counting stats and whatever. But Scalabossier at 21, who's dropped 32 points in an NBA game, now you got me interested. Yeah, and I think he could be good. He could push his way to standard league value. Um... This season, I'm not, I'm not picking him yet, but I, I think he could push his way up there and, and be standard league relevant. I got my eye on his ceiling is is definitely standard league uh, value, and if I'm in a if I'm in a in a deeper league, Scalabossier is going to be on my team. Not a bad pick, my friend. See, you know, I I know some of these deeper guys, even though I like the shallower leagues. Uh, I got my eye, I got my eye on on some of these. Uh, High potential type guys. I've got so, my eye on you. Ooh, that could be the next segment we do. So, I think that's it for tonight. Um, we got only two more teams left, so that's that's excellent news. And uh, we're going to be, uh, like we said earlier, getting into some 
Roto head-to-head strategy, doing some uh, draft projections based on who you would take in the first round. We got a lot of um, stuff coming because the season is is sneaking up on us. It's, it's, it's less than four weeks away. It'll be here before we know it. Yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait for preseason. Can't wait to do uh, start hitting my drafts. Which are uh, people's drafts are starting to come up, so we got to get some uh, good draft content out there for the people to digest before their draft. Uh, if you got questions about your draft, or if you want to be in a league, a listener league with me and Tyler, um, feel free to tweet at us. Tyler, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, at Watsy four 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 four. That is four fours. One four for all the for f- the number four and all the fours. No, just four fours. I, I tried to do something there. It didn't work. And you can find me at Watch the Boxes. All one word. Uh, feel free to hit us up if you want to be in this listener league or tweet at hash basketball, the hashtag basketball Twitter account. Um, and we will get you signed up. The uh, I don't think there's very few. There's only a few positions left. So, um get on it get them in there let's do it cool so yeah that is it for tonight thank you for joining us everybody and have a good one